0: Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk again about the Kingdom of God. And that's what I always tell people they should be seeking, uh, because that's one of the steps, uh, to liberty under God, is to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I was up early as usual today and working on a number of things. We have a study group coming up to, uh, start looking at the free church report. And uh, the different ministers that have uh, been chosen by the people are working on a way in which to do that, to to provide a study uh, group that will cover the Free Church report. Why is the Free Church report so important? Because the uh, the Free Church report is uh, is really a key element. Of what Christ was doing. Because he appointed this thing. We call it the church today. Because that's the way it's translated in the Bible. But it was actually called the called out. The ecclesia. And uh, in the Greek. And that word ecclesia. there's, There's a dozen words in the Greek language. That can talk about an assembly. But an ecclesia is a particular kind of assembly. The Levites were a similar assembly. They were called out of a Walden camp a city-state as you would have it that had this golden calf which was literally a central bank and they were called out to go back in through in and out the gates to keep the gates open why because the gates the walls that they created around that camp the the thing that bound the people in the camp bound the people it didn't set them free. It it actually, they they constructed it in the way that they did to be safe from foreign invasion. But it actually brought them into bondage. And Moses saw this as a bad thing. And so, he sent the Levites in and out the gates. Now, exactly what happened there is difficult to tell. I mean, we read the, the English translation of uh, these events. And uh, there evidently was some sort of a skirmish in battle and battle and people were injured because they went in and out the gates with their sword at their side. But uh, that really isn't the, uh, the goal. The goal is to set the people free. This is what the Levites were supposed to be doing is setting the people free. And of course there's always some people who want to oppose the liberty of the people because they really want power over the people. And that's always the way it is. And uh, and the only place you'll find that that isn't the case is in heaven. But even heaven had a third of the angels divide off because they wanted to have power over others. And they didn't want people to have power over themselves. Uh, They didn't want God to have power over themselves. They wanted to be free of God. In order to be free of God, you must oppress somebody else, you know, it's, uh, that's just the way it is. God is the source of life. If God is not your source of life, somebody else has to become your source of life. And so you end up biting one another and devouring one another. You know, there's a lot of levels to understanding what I just said. And, and that's why there's also a lot of levels to understanding what the church is, what that ecclesia is, what it's supposed to be doing. Because it represented Moses in the wilderness who was the prophet of God, and in the New Testament, the church represents Christ. And it's appointed by Christ, called out and appointed by Christ to be the princes of a kingdom where the princes of the kingdom did not exercise authority one over the other. Uh, One of the things that I I did this morning, you know, occasionally I look at Facebook, and I saw, I'm on a number of groups, and I saw a group, uh, saying something about uh, democracy, and I had posted something about democracy before, uh, but I added to the, their statement uh, democracy leads to evil. Uh, I had a conversation with somebody who's very close to me once, and I said, No, you don't want democracy. And then somebody else snapped, Well, what kind of government do you want? Well, a republic. But then again, People don't know what democracies are and they don't know what republics are and they don't know the distinction between the two. Most people think a republic is an indirect democracy. It is not. Uh, a pure republic is a place where every individual is free from things public. They're not subject. That's what republic comes from the words libera res publica, free from things public. And that's where the a citizen of the Republic is not a subject citizen. It is a free citizen. Now, what that individual does with that freedom will determine the course of that Republic. But in a Republic, the people are free. Now, unfortunately, America was a Republic, but it created a democracy and that democracy is called the United States. And that is a democracy within the Republic. That's what the American Creed states. That the United States is a democracy within the republic, and you don't you don't need to have anybody tell you that if you read the Constitution if you read the Constitution, you'd immediately realize that the there's a there's a corporate nature to the United States government it was not created by the people it was created by the states, and uh it we the people doesn't refer to the general population of America. It referred to the people who signed on to the United States government. And at first it was just those names at the bottom of the paper. And then later on it becomes the names of congressmen and senators sent by the states to represent the states in this other party of this other institution called the United States. And it's very clear by the record of who can vote for what and everything that it is a democracy the united states is a democracy it's not a republic it is a the united states is an entity international entity is a democracy in a republic that used to exist in america where people were free souls living on their land and fee simple owning their land owning themselves owning their labor And dwelling in areas that were called states. Not as subjects, but as free citizens. That used to be the case in America. And that's why America had this republic long before the Constitution. Long before the American Revolution, there was a republic in America. It was occupied by landed Americans. Men who had obtained a true and lawful title to land. You don't have that anymore. That doesn't exist in the United States anymore. The republic is all but dead because you abandoned it. Now you want to get back to that, to that freedom that is in a republic. You're going to have to repent. You're going to have to think differently. You're going to have to act differently. You're going to have to be different. So anyway, democracies, this is what I wrote. Democracies lead to evil and always fail. And there's lots of other people smarter than me that will tell you democracies always fail. Polybius believed that democracies always fail. And the reason they fail is because of the moral frailty of man. Men covet their neighbor's goods. Men want to exercise authority over their neighbor. Men want to take a bite out of their neighbor. Because they don't live by the grace of God. They they are not tapping in to the divine source of life. They are not eating of the tree of life, they're eating of the tree of knowledge. So, the frailty of man will cause all democracies to fail. A democracy can only work in a nation of saints. But those saints would have no need for a democracy. Because they would already be gathered together in righteousness. That's what makes them saints. A republic, on the other hand, is where the individuals are free from things public. Libera res publica. A pure republic is not an indirect democracy and, and requires, by its nature, the charitable practices of, a, of pure religion. And pure religion, of course, is the fulfillment of your duty to God and your fellow man, unspotted by any organized constitutional system of government that exercises authority. It is done entirely by free will offerings. Socialism is the religion you get when you have no religion. When you do not have pure religion, you end up with socialism you end up desiring to take away from your neighbor to provide for the needy of your society. That's basic. Okay, seeking the kingdom of heaven is the reverse of socialism. It's not simply doing without the benefits of socialism. It is the reverse of socialism. It is those charitable practices. Covetous practices lead you into bondage. Make merchandise of you. Curse your children charitable practices will reverse that process now hopefully there are charitable practices with wisdom so anyway somebody wrote uh one of our groups it's from australia he's a new member and for some reason or other his post did not end up might be my fault did not end up on the group it wasn't sent in quite like They normally go in, and I tried to approve it, and it seemed to have disappeared. (laughs) I approved it it for posting. But anyway, maybe I clicked the wrong button, or there's a glitch in the system. But uh, anyway, I did have a copy of it, and I forwarded it on to the Australian group. And I thought I would read it, because uh, the individual seems to be, although he has the name of... uh, uh i think a marvel comic uh superhero um so i don't know if that's his real name but it may be maybe just a coincidence but uh, uh he seems to be a sincere individual asking some legitimate questions and so looking for a topic for today's show i thought i would read his email and uh i can post it to the entire network if they if they want to read it but we'll just take a look at what he says he says there are many groups out there that go into substantial detail explaining the nature and cause of the problem. And the problem is that the whole world is not free anymore. As a matter of fact, the whole world is in bondage and, and people are dying and people are suffering and people are oppressed and there's wars and rumors of wars. Uh, I, mean, there, well, I mean, where does the problem start? Where does it stop? You know. Uh, it evidently, vaccines are killing children, maiming children, and people are still giving them because they want to believe in the vaccine because they're absolutely terrified of the fact that they don't have control. That desire for control is one of the things that makes democracies extremely dangerous because people want to control and they're willing to control their condition, their environment, the, their world at the expense of their neighbor. Because they're survivalists. You know, that's why I always warn people who want to gather together to survive the coming Holocaust, and you find yourself with a room full of survivalists, you are in trouble. <laughs> because when the beans run out, you're on the menu. But anyway, you do not want to gather with survivalists. Uh, you want to gather with Christians, and they have the motto of serve I all. <laughs> not survival, but serve I all but anyway so he says brother Gregory among them so anyway substantial details explaining people go into substantial details explaining the nature and cause of the problem but the reality is is I don't believe that most of these people who are doing that are doing what I'm doing at all and what what does a magician do a magician shows you all kinds of stuff he shows you this his hands move here his hands move there he wants to distract your attention to what he wants you to think is important. But to know what he's really doing, you have to see what he is not telling you. Not showing you. Distracting you from. Because otherwise, you will be fooled. So, that yes, there are a lot of people out there with substantial details explaining the nature and cause of things. But they're distracting you from the essentials. I mean... The whole process of re-educating students in America as to their view of history was simply basically telling you all kinds of facts, giving you all kinds of information, but deleting certain things, playing down certain items, looking away from certain issues and focusing on other issues, full of information, full of knowledge but distracting you from the truth. So, substantial details doesn't mean they're telling you the truth. Abundant explanations of the nature and cause of things doesn't mean they're telling you the truth. Because unless you're getting the whole truth and nothing but the truth, you're going to need help from God. <laughs> so help me God. Because... uh They're going to distract you from the real answer. And so, you know, we offer in the Free Church Report, we talk about a three-step plan to help you form a free church. But that plan is, you know, the church is first spiritual. So what's the three steps spiritually to form a free church? We can give you the physical Steps to forming a free church. But what is the spiritual? Because without the spirit, your your steps, your physical steps, are walking zombies. And most churches are walking zombies. That, uh, that quote that I gave this morning uh, where I was talking to you about uh, democracies, I wrote that in response to somebody who was suggesting that the government should be operating like his Lutheran church. And he gave a big, long explanation of how he thought they they operated. And basically, he was talking about getting back to charity, which is true. But we wouldn't have even be having to have this conversation if everybody who said that they were Lutherans were actually doing what the first century church was doing. If they were organized according to the way of the first century church, just the Lutherans. We wouldn't need this conversation because you would have an example of thousands of people actually doing what Christ said. But the Lutherans are not doing what Christ said. They, are, they do a little bit here and there. And so do the Methodists and so do the Jehovah Witnesses and so do the Catholics and the, uh, I don't know, Baptists. They all do some of what Jesus said, but they don't do all of what Jesus said. And you see, unless you, that's part of that whole truth. You have to have the whole truth and nothing but the truth. If you leave out some of the truth, what you have left over is a lie. And a lie is not your salvation. The truth is your salvation, and Christ was the truth. But you have to take the whole of Christ. And that's the problem, is that people are constructing an image of Christ, but they're leaving out aspects of Christ. They're distorting the image of Christ. They're distorting the gospel of Christ. Any church that has a written doctrine that is not Jesus Christ's words only is in, it should be greatly suspected of falsity because it is the doctrines of Jesus Christ. And the promotion of those doctrines of Jesus Christ that makes a church a church. That makes a church his church. It has to have his doctrines. All of his doctrines. Can't just leave out the ones that are inconvenient. You know, if he says, in order to be my disciple, disciple being studying to be the ministers of my church, You have to give up all you have, all your property. Then you have to do that in order to be in conformity with Christ. Lutherans do not do that. Methodists do not do that. Baptists do not do that. They are not in conformity with Christ. They want to leave that aspect of Christ's directions off so they can have their stuff and he says you have to give up all you have the word there is the word for property wow now i just lost most if there's ministers listening to this we just lost those ministers but that's what christ said i didn't i didn't make up what he said you can look it up you're not a disciple of christ you're not a minister of christ unless you do that that's it because that's what he said now you may say something different but then that's not christ that's you the lutherans may say something different but then that's not christ that's the lutherans the baptists may say something different but that's not that's not christ that's the baptists so if you want to be his church you got to do it the way he says When he appoints unto the church a kingdom, but that kingdom is not to exercise authority. It has all the jobs of a kingdom, but it's not to exercise authority one over the other. How do you do that? You only do that through faith, hope, and charity. And see, in a pure republic, when the people are not subject to the government, not to a democracy, not to a Congress, not to a Senate, They have a right to decide for themselves what is right and wrong. That pure republic is only going to work if those people are eating of the tree of life. If they're eating of the tree of knowledge, they're going to be in trouble. Now, one of the things that one of the ministers pointed out if we do the free church report is there really are no teachers. We can't teach you what the truth is. We can bear witness to what we're seeing. But the real teacher has to be the Holy Spirit within you so that you recognize the truth when you hear it. When you see it. We can't give you that. Only Christ can give you that. It's very spiritual. So, when we talk about form, form, we know that form is not the answer. Spirit is the answer. So, how do you get the spirit? That the form is a metaphor for. Anyway, he goes on in his letter to say, naturally, this is necessary. This idea of substantial details explaining the nature and cause of the problem, which we do in the Covenants of the Gods. But there is no solution in the book Covenants of the Gods. But understanding the problem is part of the solution. But many of the people read that book and they keep looking at you know, government and rules and regulations and uh, all the things that go along with that and manipulation of a society. And they don't look at themselves. They don't look at how they fell prey to all this. They don't look at their covetous nature. They don't look at their selfishness. So they don't really see what that book is trying to tell them. So, yeah, it's naturally necessary to look at the problem. But you have to look at it with the eyes of Christ. He goes on to say, if you do not understand the problem, you will not understand the solution. Absolutely. But you know what the problem is? It isn't the world, the flesh, and the devil. It's you. And people don't want to look at themselves. They want to point the finger at others. So anyway, we're going to continue to read this letter and then I'll continue to make my comments upon the stuff that's in this letter. And we'll see if it doesn't awaken something in every individual who's out there listening. We'll be right back to Keys to the Kingdom. Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So, anyway, we're talking about uh, this letter and we're going through it step by step. And uh, I was reading uh, ahead a little bit during the break and, and looking at where we're going next. It says, uh, as he said, it's naturally it's necessary if you're to understand the problem so that you can understand the solution. But he goes on, however, as the hours and days go by and I find myself having watched all of Brother Gregory's videos, listened to the audios, and read all the articles, I'm not sure he, books, etc., I'm not sure he has read them all. <laughs> he says, I am coming to the conclusion that like all I, the others before him, he is not going to reveal the remedy. Other than in vague platitudes and trite phrases. Well, actually, if you if you read the Bible, you'll come across Matthew sixteen seventeen, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So there you see the process. It's not I who reveals it to you it's the Father in heaven they revealed it to Simon Barjona the truth flesh and blood doesn't reveal it and if we go on down to uh John one you know he he talks about in um prior to John one eleven uh there were several things that he he said uh, if I can think of what it was uh He talks about, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness to the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness to that light. And that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. For as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name, he was he uh, he goes on and says, "Which were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. This is the key. this is the remedy. this is what they're talking about. You have to be awakened yourself. The fact that people are listening to me doesn't mean they're awakened. That maybe they're awakened, maybe they're not awakened. I don't know. It depends on an individual thing. People have different reasons for listening to what I have to say. And after a while, you begin to see that. And the fact is, every one of you, your intent is not pure. If your intent was pure, you wouldn't have to ask me any questions. You would already know by that revelation. The Father in heaven would have revealed it to you. But your intent is not pure. But that's kind of the process that we're in here is to find out how pure or impure your intent is. You have to find it out. It's not so important that I find it out. But you have to find it out. So there's a lot of soul searching involved in seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You have to you have to seek it. Strive for it. Struggle. This is part of the deal. In John 6.53, he says, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Of course, we're not talking about a wafer of bread and uh, a thimble of wine. We're talking, this is a metaphor. You have to go his way. You have to take on his burden. Or you won't have life. He is the remedy. But that's kind of trite too. Uh, he goes on to say, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. He's not talking again about a wafer of bread and a thimble of wine. He's talking about a way to... Live the way he lives, to walk in his shoes. Again, that's a metaphor. You don't go looking for the sandals of Jesus and put them on, and that is your salvation. No, you walk in his way. Because he says, For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. You have to, you have to, Christ came to sacrifice. You know, all these, the word flesh and blood is mentioned about 28 times in the whole Bible. And we see in these verses, one right after another, six, uh, John 6, 54, 55, 56, he says, He that eateth of flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I am him. I am him. Flesh and blood of man does not reveal these things, but the flesh and blood of Christ does. The flesh and blood of Christ is sacrifice. For others, Jesus came to serve and sacrifice himself for others. This is the flesh and blood of Christ. This is what you must eat. You must gather together with the intent to serve and to sacrifice. Serve in a way that strengthens the poor. Sacrifice in a way that it has meaning. This is the remedy. This is how you will receive the divine revelation. Sacrifice draws you near the Holy Spirit. That's why Corban comes from a word. Corban means sacrifice. Corban comes from a word that means to draw near. Corban is only mentioned twice in the New Testament. In the Greek, we see this word Corban written out because they didn't translate it. When they translated it from Aramaic, to Greek, they left the Aramaic word there in place, Corban. And when they translated the Greek to English, they left the word Corban, Corban. Except in one place, but in the other place they translated it into treasury. But that word Corban means sacrifice. The sacrifice of the Pharisees was making the word of God to none effect. Well, the sacrifices of the Pharisees was taxes. Forced offerings. But in the kingdom of God, the taxes are free will offerings. That's the way it was with Moses. That's the way it was with Jesus. That's the way it was with the early church. But the early church was the entire social welfare for all Christians. They would not sign up for any social welfare with the governments of the world. And this is why they were persecuted. That simple. If Lutherans, Methodists, Baptists, Jehovah Witnesses, Catholics, uh, I don't know all the denominations of these different groups, but you could go on all day reciting the different groups, synods and what have you. If they do not have a daily ministration that provides for the welfare of all the people that gather with them and in networks of them throughout the world, run by faith, hope, and charity through a ministry that qualifies as disciples of Christ, they haven't been seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. They are not his church. They're in apostasy and they are lost souls. They do not believe in Jesus because they do not believe in what Jesus said. Jesus said to do this. Love one another. Take care of one Love one another. Same word for love is the same word for charity. You're supposed to be taking care of one another through the perfect law of liberty and charity. And Paul was writing his letters to men who were doing this. He wasn't writing his letters to you, the Lutherans, the Methodists, the Protestants, the Catholics, the what have you. He wasn't writing letters to you. He was writing letters to people who had a daily administration that provided all the social welfare for people in a network that reached from Galatia to Corinth to uh, Rome to Ephesus to Ireland. But that's not you. You're not his church. You can become his church. You just have to start seeking the kingdom of God instead of the benefits of men. Now, a lot of people say, well, I don't want the benefits of men because they don't really need them now. What they're really saying is I don't want to pay into the unrighteous mammon. But they don't want to pay into the righteous mammon either because they don't come together in the name of Christ. They don't come together to serve. They don't come together to sacrifice. They'll make up all kinds of excuses why they don't have to sacrifice. Oh, I don't have much. Oh, I don't, I'm not responsible for that. Oh, but that's, that's why they don't really see the truth. So they have to make up truth. Oh, we got to do things this way. We got to wear this outfit. We got to have this day and that day and, and say certain words, you know, we got to say the holy name, Yahweh and Yeshua and stuff like that. What you have to do is come together to sacrifice, to serve. All these other things you put on from outside is apostasy. In 1 Corinthians, he says, uh, chapter 15, verse 50, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. So if you're going around keeping of days and and special rituals and special words and all that stuff, you've been fooled by a magician. You have been distracted from the truth of the gospel of the kingdom. You are not eating the flesh and blood of Christ. So in this letter, he goes on to say, in quotes, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, is the sum total of the remedy he seems to propose. And, of course, he is correct. But that does not make this advice any the less trite. Well, this, this is what I, the, the three-step plan. To finding liberty under God is first to repent. That's step one. Step two is to seek the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? It's always been a network of people that come together in faith, hope, and charity under the perfect law of liberty to love one another. That's the kingdom of God. Not to rule over one another, but to love one another, to help one another, to serve one another, to sacrifice for one another. That's what you're supposed to be seeking is an actual government that does that. An actual kingdom that does that. An actual system of self-governance that does that. That's what you're seeking after you repent. Think differently. But what's the third step? Seek the kingdom of God and seek the righteousness of God. Those are three spiritual steps. Now, what is the form that that takes? Well, in order to be a kingdom, you have to be linked together to be some sort of a national group. The problem is, is that all of you have a bondage. You're in the bondage of Egypt. But when they were in the bondage of Egypt, they had to start that process. They had to still pay their tally of bricks, but they had to glean in the field at night for their benefits, for their straw. They weren't going to get straw from the government. Eventually, they wouldn't get leeks and onions from the government. So they had to learn to take care of themselves and provide for one another. While they still paid their tally of bricks. And then the blessings would come. See, this is this is the remedy. This is not trite. This is challenging. This is tribulation. He goes on to say, I have a 19-year-old son. He has a birth certificate. Now, those of you who have really read all the articles, one of those articles was called No Man on Earth Father. Birth certifica- certification was around in Rome. And it was set up because the Romans knew in order for an individual to become a child of the state, remember back when I was reading up here, tell you how to become sons of God, children of God. That's what he was talking about said so you would become sons of God, but as many as received him to them gave he power to become. The sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Well, you're subject to the will of men because you were born of men. And you have a certification to prove that. But... In, in the article, Call No Man Father, I show you that there are three steps to that process too. First is certification. Novicia. Second is you have to receive benefits. And third is when you're of age, and that varied, people sometimes figured 16, sometimes 18, sometimes 21. There's different places have different theories, but eventually you must start to sacrifice on the altars of the God of Rome. So anyway, that's the three-step plan. Most people have done that. Anyway, he goes on and he says, uh, we received Social Security monies for him whilst he was at school and government-funded Medicare for him whilst he was at school, all these things were applied for by us, his mother and his father. He had not applied to any of these uh, for any of these benefits himself. He was underage, of course he didn't, and has received none since finishing school. nor has he sought employment or a driver's license. In short, he has not himself applied in his own right by any government uh for any government benefits, so that he hasn't completed the third step of the plan, but he's gone two thirds of the way so two thirds is more than one third so yeah now i I can't tell you if an individual is free or not i can I'm just telling you the the process because see I know that real freedom comes by the spirit. And then the spirit of God will set you free in other ways, through grace. So, I don't know about the individual. I'm just telling you the form that things take. You cannot put on the form and obtain the liberty. Because the liberty is spiritual. Law is spiritual. So, I don't know where the spirit of the individual is. You know, I might be able to give you an educated guess. (laughs) And I might even receive divine revelation about it. But that's not my job. You have to search out your own soul on these things. So anyway, he says the question is, uh, are you able to advise whether he is able to fully freed from the beast of man's government? And if so, how? I am taking, uh, I am talking uh, specifics here. Not generalities. As far as I can see, in most countries, the only way to truly be free is to become a bondservant of Christ. At this present time. Now, it's my contention, I believe the entire systems will fail. And when they completely fail, I I go through this actually in the books. And, uh, but most people miss it because they're, you have to almost be led by the Spirit when you're reading the books. It's kind of like the Bible. You can read the Bible until you're blue in the face and you're not going to get it. You need divine revelation when you're reading the Bible. And it's with everything. I don't care what book you're reading. If you're going to get spiritual answers out of a book, you're going to need to read the book in the spirit. Now, are you reading it in the spirit of God or are you reading it in the spirit of Satan? Because the spirit of Satan will give you an idea of what the book means, but it will be false. But the Spirit of God will give you the right answer no matter what book you read. All Scripture, when it says all Scripture is given, you know, well, the word Scripture there is just the word writings. All writings are given. It's not saying the Bible. Because they translate the word for writings into Bible doesn't mean that that's what the author was saying. He didn't say all the Bible is given He's saying all writings are given. You can read Plutarch. You can read Polybius. You can read Marvel Comics. And you can still receive divine revelation in reading those writings. It can lead you to divine revelation. But it's not the writings that give you that divine revelation. It's the spirit that dwelleth in you. No matter what form you take. Now, I can tell you this. That if you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, in other words, seek a system that operates by faith, hope, and charity, and the perfect law of liberty, it's going to bring you face to face with your own selfish hearts. And then you have an opportunity to repent again of that selfishness and act according to the ways of God. But that's where your choices will come to you individually in your search. Because it will bring you face to face with your inadequacies as a Christian. But there are all kinds of people out there saying, no, don't worry about that. I mean, somebody was telling me just the other day that their preacher was, and they left this church immediately, their preacher was saying, you don't have to be sorry for what you did. Christ has already saved you. <laughs> That's right. I mean, they're, they're actually telling, I mean, Most of these churches are preaching the gospel of Satan. They're they're not talking about repentance. They're not talking about sacrifice. They say, you don't have to sacrifice anything. You don't have to do anything. You're just saved already. Just keep skating along. You don't have to seek anything. Jesus has already saved you. But Jesus said, seek. Jesus said, persevere. Jesus said, strive. They're saying, don't do those things. They're not his church. They're the church of Satan. You get it? Because they're telling you. Now, I admit you don't earn salvation where God owes it to you. You can't make God in debt. I did so much for you, God, that you owe me salvation now. That's not going to happen. You don't have that ability. But if you don't love others, you will not be worthy of the kingdom of God. If you don't forgive others, you will not be forgiven. Christ said that. That simple. If you won't come together with others, you won't learn what it means to forgive others. I really want to warn everybody who is seeking a congregation Well, you don't want to be in this congregation because that guy did something bad. And he's in that congregation. That sounds like unforgiveness to me. That guy may be in that congregation because God wants him in that congregation so that you will learn forgiveness. You have to trust in God to fix things. You still think you're going to join a church and that's your salvation? Forget it. Your salvation is Christ, not joining some church or even one of our core groups. That is not your salvation. Your salvation is repent, seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And that is where you find Christ. In doing that, it will draw you near to Christ and then it will draw you near the light of Christ. And in that light, you're going to see how wicked you really are and it's going to hurt. And I've seen people flee the light. They're not fleeing me. They're fleeing the light. In this struggle to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, striving, persevering, you're coming face to face with yourself. And that's a scary thing. Anyway, there's a lot more to this letter and a lot more to the answers that I have for you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back to Keys of the Kingdom. Welcome back to the Keys of the Kingdom. The uh, the original letter that uh, the individual sent, uh, I was looking to see what was in the subject line of that letter. If uh, I think it was something about remedies, he wanted to know if, do I have the remedies? No, I don't have the remedies. <laughs> Christ has the remedies, <laughs> and the remedies might vary from individual to individual. Because we're all coming from different places. It's like, you know, we all get lost out in the wilderness somewhere, okay? And you may be on the other side of the mountains, and somebody else may be on the other side of the river, and somebody else may be up the creek. And and so, the remedy to find your way back is going to be different for everybody. Because everybody's in a different place. Everybody's in a different different situation. But see, this is, this is where faith really comes in. Do you trust in me? Or do you trust in the Holy Spirit? Because I am not your salvation. The Holy Spirit is your salvation. I'm not gonna give you a step by step process to find your way back to righteousness. You know, what's gonna help you find your way back to righteousness is you have to love righteousness. Everybody wants to be free, but everybody doesn't want to be righteous. So, you have to seek that righteousness, which is one of those steps. Three steps. Repent, which is think differently. I'm not even telling. It doesn't say in there how to think. It just says you have to think differently than what you've been thinking. <laughs> because what you've been thinking got you into trouble. And then the second thing is seek the kingdom of God. In other words, a system, a government that operates according to the perfect law of liberty and free will offerings. Charity is never mentioned anywhere in the Old Testament, but free will offerings are, over and over again, free will offerings. And who do you give them to? You pick the minister you give them to. That's liberty under God. All the other governments, you don't get to pay. Well, they, they do give you democracies where you supposedly are electing your leaders. How's that working out for you? <laughs> so, anyway, the the reality is is that, that in the kingdom of God, every offering you make, you get to choose who gets it. But when you give it, you give it up entirely. That's one of the things that Lutheran guy wasn't figuring out. He had boards and directors and... Everybody approving and disapproving. No, where's the faith in that? It's still controlling. That's still democracy. You, your board is deciding who gets what. No, you cast your bread upon the waters. You don't put them in ice trays and freeze them and say this is where this has got to be. <laughs> no. You've got to operate by faith. And once you're living according to the tree of life and the Holy Spirit, that's not so difficult. But it's a little difficult to get there because you have to step out on the water. Like Peter. you got to step out with faith. Cast your bread upon the waters. Which is back to sacrifice. You have to take your bread and give it away. So that you may have bread more abundant. That's the process of finding the Holy Spirit, of seeking the Holy Spirit and facing the Holy Spirit, facing the light that will come to you. That he, he wrote in there that I'm talking specifics here, not generalities. Well, mostly you get generalities because I'm not going to give you specific step by step. But we'll give you, we'll give you some more examples because that's what he wants. He says, for example... Should we write the Attorney General declaring he does not consent to receive any benefits from government and that at no time has he consented in his own right to receive any benefits and waives all benefits that he has been baptized into the kingdom of heaven and is not a legal person and as uh, and from that baptism. And as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, he is outside the jurisdiction of all legal systems of men. So, that's his question. That was a pretty long question. <laughs> and I'm not going to repeat it, but if you get a recording of this, you can listen to it again. Um, why? You know, actually he goes on with, is, is this necessary? Well, why Why would it be necessary? And here's another question. Is it true? Uh, is he baptized into the kingdom of heaven? Where, where is the kingdom of heaven? Which is kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, same thing. There's no difference. People telling you there's a difference. They're not telling you the truth. They're the same thing. The only one who mentions kingdom of heaven is Matthew, and it has to do with the translation, because he uses it in the same um, verses that we see in all the other Gospels. They They use the word or the phrase kingdom of God. So there's no difference whatsoever. And guys who try to conjure up a difference are just misleading you. It's more of the magician work that you don't need any more of. So anyway, is he baptized into the kingdom of God? Does he tithe regularly to a congregation that is connected to hundreds of other congregations all around the world? That has created a daily ministration that provides for all the social welfare of the needy of society through faith, hope, and charity and the perfect law of liberty? Because if he hasn't been baptized into that government, he hasn't been baptized into the kingdom of heaven. And to write that letter would be a lie. So, you know, you tell me. I don't know. He doesn't say here. Now, waiving all the benefits, that's great. But has he become the benefactor of the children of God? See, that's the thing. Everybody wants to waive the benefits when they don't need the benefits because they want to waive the responsibility to provide the benefits to a government that operates by exercising authority one over the other. They want to get out from underneath the authority, but they don't want to get into the righteousness, which is step three. See, people avoid that. They they just jump over that, seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Don't leave that out. You leave that out, and you've you've you stray from the truth. Very simple. So specifics are exactly that. Seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, which is righteousness includes loving your neighbor as yourself. So that would mean that immediately you would want to form a daily administration through a network that reaches all over the world, not just your local group, because there is no grace in those who only love those who love them. You have to love others. Every congregation should be involved in charity outside of their congregation. Certainly, with other congregations linked to them through a network of ministers. But even outside of that, which again takes us back to the Red Heifer. Have you read that article? Where's your foreign aid? Because your foreign aid is your outreach. Without that foreign aid, without Israelites in bondage in Egypt, not only making their water filters out of clay, which is what they were doing according to Phylos, making these vases that were allow that you'd put the terrible contaminated water in and it would drip out the bottom and provide fresh water for you to drink. They didn't just do that for themselves, but they did that for the Egyptians and saved the lives of thousands of Egyptians. Are you if you're not contributing Weekly, daily, to a network that is operating on charity so that it can become the FEMA of society. The faith, emergency ministry, auxiliary of society. If you're not doing that, you're not baptized into the kingdom of heaven. You're just all wet. That's it. That's specifics. There you go. You want specifics, there's specifics. If you think that you're going to enter the kingdom of heaven without sacrifice, Forget it. Now, do you earn salvation by sacrifice? No. It's still grace. But if Christ is in you, I can't stop you from sacrificing. If you can find excuses why not to sacrifice for others, there's no there's no Christ in you. You're just fooling yourself. Well, your Christianity is just a magician trick. Anyway, he goes on to say, Is it necessary to take some proactive stance to inform government it has no jurisdiction so that the usual presumption of law can be rebutted? I tell you, if you're a part of a network that operating by faith, hope, and charity, like the early church, You're, you're, you're rebutting the presumption right away because nobody else is doing that. The Lutherans aren't doing that. The Methodists aren't doing that. The Rosicrucians aren't doing that. (laughs) Where is your daily ministration? There is the rebutting, you know, I mean, the only ones I know who are exempt from Obamacare are the Amish. (laughs) If you were really Christians, you'd all be exempt from Obamacare. Because you'd already be doing it. You don't rebut the presumption with a piece of paper. You do it with the lifeblood in your own body. That's what Christ... Christ had to be crucified. He didn't just get to rebut the presumption. <laughs> what the heck? Pay attention. This is not trite. This is specifics. This is what you... Need. There's no easy way. There's no form You fill out and enter into the kingdom of God. There's conformity to the righteousness of God. Okay? <laughs> Pay attention. Okay? So, anyway, he, I didn't read all of that. He says, Is it necessary for some proactive stance to inform government if uh, it has no jurisdiction so that the usual presumption of law? can be rebutted out of hand on the basics of a legal maxim, notice to agents is notice to principals, and notice to principals is notice to agents. If you're doing the charitable work of God, there's your notice. Now, again, the only ones I know who can get out of the system right now are those who become the bondservants of Christ, those who actually become ministers of Christ. And meet the qualifications of Christ. That Those are the ones called out. The Levite situation. Called out. Peter and the apostles were called out. Come follow me. Give up all you have. Give it away to the poor. Trust in me. Are you ready to do that? Are you willing to do that? That's a scary thing. That and then start the training. Now, you know, I I've said always that novitiate is usually three years, and somebody brought to my attention that Peter, when he was writing about these things in other extraneous gospels, he said there was six years, six years of working as a novitiate before you would be part of the ministry, you know, or, or an ordained part of the ministry. Yeah, the the qualifications are immense. The dedication is immense, so you have to go that way so anyway, there's another part to this um uh, that he he starts going into uh i don't know if I've made all that clear I don't know if there's things going on in the chat room um uh that uh would uh let us uh know that uh Other questions are coming up. I don't know. Maybe there are. I'll check and see. Um, Nope. Okay. So, uh, maybe I have everybody's answers already there. There's no questions coming up. So, (laughs) if any questions come up, we'll just bring them in. He goes on in another section here. He changes paces here. And really, this is... So, we're going to change pace with him in his letter. And uh, he says, finally, I want to know, finally, he says, I want to know, does Brother Gregory have a driver's license? Now, this is a question that comes up, and I actually avoid the answer to that many, many times. Because what does that have to do with your salvation? I am not the light. Greg- Brother Gregory might go absolutely nuts. It doesn't change anything concerning Christ and his gospel. I'm the one bearing witness. If you believe because of my witness, you believe because of trash. You need to believe because it's in your heart and in your mind. This is what repentance is, the changing of the mind. You can't change your mind. Your mind can be changed by Christ. But you have to let go of all the things in the world that you believe in and start believing in the unseen God of heaven. And the righteousness of that God. And the life that that God offers. That's pretty specific, but that is in the spiritual realm. It's not in the physical realm. I will tell you this, that according to the laws in the United States today, you cannot have a driver's license unless you have a social security number. Most states say that. In the state of Oregon, it says that you have to have a social security number for the purposes of benefits, obtaining benefits. That's what they tell me. That you have to have. You have to have a driver's license for the purposes of getting benefits. You don't even have to show them. You have that social security number. I think I said that right. Anyway, you have to have a social security number for the purpose of of, of obtaining benefits. But you don't have to show that. They say that you just, you could bring a letter from the Social Security Administration saying that you have a number somewhere for benefit purposes. And they will give you a driver's license. In order to be a minister of Christ, I have to waive a right to any entitlement from any other government. I can't, I can't have a Social Security number for benefit purposes. And that's been that way for me for years and years and years and years. When I did the whirlwind tour, I had already established that with the state because, not because I sent them a letter, but because they told me that's what it is. They wouldn't put it in writing. They always refused to put it in writing, but that's what they told me. And I recorded that. And I I drove all over this country in the whirlwind tour. And... uh You know, I've talked to many police officers and none of them have ever handed me a ticket. And I explained to them. You know, I'm not the droids they're looking for. (laughs) So, anyway. But anyway, it's the spirit that you must be following. Not Brother Gregory. Not my example. not You you cannot get into the kingdom of heaven by my faith. You have to have your own faith. And so anyway, he goes on, if not, does he drive or travel or sojourn? <laughs> I get around. And, you know, I can't guarantee that I will always get around. He says, if he does, what is the outcome of any interaction with law enforcement? Have a nice day. That's usually what they say. But will they say that for you? I don't know. Will they say that for me for all the times? I don't know. But remember, their witness is that the church is separate from the state. They tell you that. They tell you that. The problem is most churches aren't the church established by Jesus Christ because they do not meet the criteria of Christ. But meeting the criteria of Christ is not just form. It's spirit. I can't give you spirit over the radio or over the phone or even face to face. It doesn't come from me. I'm not the light. I only bear witness of the light. The comforter is who you must seek. And But I can give you specifics on how to seek Him. Sacrifice. Serve. Become humble. You can't make yourself humble, but life has a way of humbling you. Trust in God. People who want specifics, they want they want to learn to swim with a big bulky life vest on. You want to learn to walk on water, but you want to have your life vest. I can't guarantee you anything. Does he own property? That's another question you have. I don't own any property. You, it, it. Jesus says, if you are to be one of my disciples, you must give up all your property. Now, does the church own property? Yes, but it owns all things in common. He says directly or indirectly. I'm not sure what that means. And uh if so, does he pay rates thereon? And if he does not pay rates, and I guess rates are like property tax. Well, I know this, that when the church establishes that it owns property, it, by law, doesn't technically have to pay rates uh or property tax. But why are they, what is motivating these questions? Is this somebody who wants to get out of taxes? I can tell you this. It will cost you more to be a minister of Christ in taxes to the kingdom of God than you're now paying to the kingdoms of the world. There is no get out of jail free card. Like I said, either you're a bond servant of the world or you're a bond servant of God. If you want to be a bond servant of God, you must gather to serve, not to get out of taxes. And God will test that in you. And that's specific. He goes on, uh, what stands has Brother Gregory made and how, how have they been accepted by government? Well, I don't know. I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not sure what what that means, what stands. Um, those who gather together in congregations, choose a minister. I talk to those ministers every week. Those that show up <laughs> to talk <laughs> and share information every week with them. And if you want to know more details, talk to them. If you're not even going to gather in a congregation, you know, gathering on an email group, that's not gathering in a congregation. Listening to me on the radio, listening to recordings, looking at videos, that's not gathering in the name of Christ. That's just entertainment. If you're going to gather into a core group, a congregation of recorded elders, and start sacrificing daily for the services of others. Whether it be a mite or a half-shekel or whatever, you have to give of your life and of your blood and of your flesh to others in hopes that it will come back to you. This is trusting in the spiritual reality of of existence. That That what you give will not go out into the realm's void because there's a God out there who sees your true sincerity of your heart. And it will come back to you accordingly. But according to His will, not according to your own. Getting into the kingdom of God is not let's make a deal. It's stepping out of the boat in faith. Anyway, he goes on to say, If we need to stop driving altogether and walk everywhere to be, (laughs) so be it. But I need to know. What you need to know is Christ. If we need uh, to walk off our land, I need to know. Why would you walk off your land? If you owe the tax, pay the tax. Do not cripple yourself. This is one of the things a lot of people do. They want out of the system so bad that they give up all employment because they don't want to pay taxes. And they become a burden to other people. And they become incapable of tithing because they have nothing. They've given up everything just to get out of paying taxes. The ones who stay in the system work hard and share what they produce. First with the government, because he will take his share. And then with others. They will get into the kingdom first. Isn't that what they were doing in the bondage of in Egypt? They were paying their tally of bricks. They were paying their income tax. But they were working overtime to glean in the field at night. To share with one another, to prepare themselves as a society, so that in one day they could leave the system of the world and have something to fill that void. That's where where we're at. That's where we've been going. And actually, I started pinning together an answer to him, and I'll I'll get to that in the next half. Um, but uh, let's see where I suddenly lost my place in the letter here. So, so many in this field, I don't know, are not. He says, to wit, I spoke to a man in Canada who, amongst other things, was not paying rates. I pressed him on how to manage this, and he discovered that he had registered as a non-profit, which uh, owned the land enough said on that. But anyway, well... I tell stories about that all the time. People got land patents and everything. And they said, I've never paid property tax on this. And their mother was going in and paying the property tax. They, It was completely fraudulent. But anyway, he ends this letter with hoping someone can forward this to Brother Gregory. Well, anyway, I got to see it. Now I've read it on the air, given him his answer. Now my answer, as I started to put it together, which well, I'll go over in the next half of the show to try to put everything into perspective, to kind of sum up uh, everything, is this that it is not simply trite to say repent, to think differently. Is, that is such a complicated thing, to think differently, because we're, how do you change the way you think? And how do you know that the change is good? You have to let yourself, your your thinking, be changed by something spiritual. Most of the decisions you make is a product of everything you've learned. But to eat of the tree of life is not eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's not, see, we're up in our heads trying to decide what is good and evil still. That puts us in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. To walk in the spirit is another wholly different place to be. To eat of the tree of life is another whole different diet. And it will alter your thinking. And mostly what you know, I'm bearing witness to is the fact that you're not eating of the tree of life. You're still eating of the tree of knowledge. People don't want to hear that necessarily. But that is what they need to hear. I don't come to tickle your ears i came I came to bear witness to the light, and that's where we're gonna we gotta go from there is to find that light is an individual journey for all of us so anyway, we'll take this into review in the next half of the show, and we'll see if we can't look at this from a little bit less challenging your delusion perspective. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You know, the good news of the kingdom is the bad news also. That's one of the amazing things about the gospel is the good news of the gospel is also the bad news of the gospel. It just depends on your point of view, where you are in relation. I mean, because to the Pharisees, Jesus was bad news. I mean, his gospel was bad news to the Pharisees because they didn't want to accept what he had to say and what he was telling them. And so he was bad news, and that's why they wanted to crucify him. So when I tell you the good news, you may think it's bad news. And maybe it is bad news to you because the gospel was bad news for the Pharisees because the kingdom was going to be taken away from them, and it was going to be given to somebody else. So this is the stand that I take. Now, when I was telling you earlier in the show about No Man Father and the three steps in the Roman law, Novitiate, receiving benefits, tutor, and finally sacrificing upon the altars of Rome with your toga and all that stuff. And then you became a child of the God of Rome. And Jesus is telling you how to become a child of the God of heaven. And the way to become a child of the God of heaven is you had to think differently than the people that were thinking Rome is the answer. So you have to realize that Rome is not the answer. And you have to seek the kingdom of God, a government that operates by faith, hope and charity and the perfect law of liberty. That's what the kingdom of God was. And you had to seek righteousness in that process, which means if you owe your tally of bricks, you pay your tally of bricks and you still glean in the field at night to become the benefactors who don't exercise authority one over the other, along with other things. Those are just... That's just a primary example of what seeking the kingdom of God looks like. Okay. If you don't fulfill all three of those things, does that mean you're free? If you only fulfill one of those things, birth registration, does that mean you're free? If you don't get birth registration and you don't receive any benefits and you don't uh, sacrifice on the altar, are you free? Not necessarily. You see, because... Israel was in bondage. Okay? The people of Israel were in bondage in Egypt for 400 years because of the actions of one generation. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is from generation to generation. Rights are passed down from generation to generation. If your parents are slaves, you're born a slave. Now, if you don't register the birth of your child and you don't get any benefits for your child and you da-da-da-da-da, etc., etc., there may be some something to the fact that he is freer or at least he has the potential for freedom that others who do conform to all those things don't have. I never went to public school. My parents didn't take any government benefits. There weren't as many around when I was growing up because I'm a lot older than many of you. But uh, uh, I never went to public school. I didn't take those government benefits. And even when I was older and they, you know, one year I only worked at a job for a period of time and I spent a lot of time out where I wasn't making any money. I had a family, but I had enough money saved that I wasn't making much money. So I had low-income credit, and they sent me a form to fill out to g- obtain low-income credit. I was just telling somebody this the other day, so it happens to be on my mind. And I didn't fill it out. I just threw the paper away. I thought, well, I don't need that. I just didn't work the full year, so I didn't make that much. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not impoverished or anything. And uh, the next year was the same because I started a new work and hadn't made that much yet. And I had a family, so that put me in the low-income bracket. And they filled out the form for me and sent the form, and all I had to do was sign it and send it in, and they would send me this extra check. Well, I didn't sign it and send it in. I didn't have to, and I didn't think I was, I don't think this program was in for me. It wasn't set up for me. It was set up for people who were really poor and needed it. I, mean, I remember once I didn't have a job and I, I people said, "Well, go down to the employment service and they will they have a listing of jobs." I went down there. They didn't have a listing of jobs, but they wanted to give me free money. And I said, "Well, I, I didn't come for free money. I came because I I told that you had a list of jobs. People were looking for employment. This is a small town and there was no employment services or there wasn't even even a regular paper. So I thought, well, you go there and they have some big long list of." People looking to hire. They didn't have it. And so I ended up working in the woods until I could find better work. And uh didn't make much money in the woods. But I worked every day. Worked really hard. Some of the hardest work I ever did. But, uh, you know, cutting pulp and selling it for like three cents a stick. It wasn't, you weren't making much money doing that. But uh the point was is that they wanted to give me money. They said, well, you were entitled to it. Well, I, I thought that was ridiculous and I just walked away. So I didn't get those benefits. But I did sacrifice on their altars because I was ignorant. It wasn't fraud. I was just ignorant. I didn't understand that this is not what I should... You know, I I knew I had a calling since I was 13 years old. But I didn't understand exactly what that looked like. And I kept looking. In the meantime, somebody said, I owed this money and I paid it. And actually, when I left the system and became a minister, became separate. Remember, the church is separate from the state. But I actually did become separate. They owed me money. <laughs> and They wanted to refund me money. And there's is a long story to that, but I won't give it to everybody over the air. But anyway, I said, keep it. For any inconvenience I may have caused you, and they were fine with that. And uh, there's a lot more to the story, and I won't I won't reveal that now. <laughs> so anyway, the point is, uh, I dedicated my life to telling people what God was showing me is that there is a particular form that the church should take. But there's also a particular spirit that the church must have. And that spirit looks a particular way. And we need to become the benefactors who don't exercise authority one over the other. We need to come together in faith, hope, and charity. We need to take care of one another. We need not just to give to help those that love us, but even those that we don't even know yet. We must cast our bread upon the waters, and sometimes that has to be cast way out. You just have to decide where you fit into that equation and seek that. So anyway, the point is, is this generation to generation, the kingdom is generation to generation. uh, You know, and this three-part process, which we've already talked about. But that is only one of the processes, you know, this, you know, the three-part process of becoming a child of the state is only part of the process because the process is really spiritual. It is the covetous practices of several generations now that has cursed the children. Because that's what was prophesied, right? You're already well into that prophecy. This bondage today has been brought about by the covetous practices which has produced the present bondage of the world. Cursed your children, cursed you. Your parents have cursed you. Because of their covetous practices. And you don't need a law degree to figure out that if you desire benefits at the expense of your neighbor, that you're coveting. Any benefit at the expense of your neighbor, you're coveting. And now all your governments, Australia, New Zealand, United States, Canada, they all borrow against future generations to provide benefits for this generation. You know, in in the article on employ, we explained the bondage of Egypt. You've been in the bondage of Egypt for a generation or more now. Israelites were in such a bondage. They did not get out because they rebutted the presumption, except in the fact that they began to take care of one another. And, according to Philos, it's very clear that they not only took care of one another, but they helped take care of the Egyptians. And if you put two and two together, you'll see, why do you think Egyptians were blessing the Israelites with all these gifts as they were leaving? Why do you think a bunch of Egyptians decided to leave with the Israelites, which we see in the, in the Testaments? Because they said, I want to have some of that. So now this is the question that is before you. Do you want to have some of that? Do you want to be a part of a FEMA, Faith Emergency Ministry Auxiliary, that not only is free, but is willing to set others free? Willing to provide for others? If you want to be a part of that, Instead of biting one another. It's not enough to stop biting your neighbor and obtaining benefits at the expense of your neighbor. That's not seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Desiring not to bite your neighbor. That may be a changing of the mind. But that is not seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I know a lot of people who don't want to take the benefit. But they don't want to become the benefit. You see, this is is the step. Three-step plan. And this is what we're going to go over in the Free Church Report. We're already putting hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of time into putting not only the, the, the thousands of hours that went into providing you with the book for free online. And all the books. I mean, you put all the books together. I was just talking with one of the ministers the other day about the thousands, tens of thousands of hours That have gone in to make all this information available for free. Not a $500 packet, not a $5,000 packet, not, you know, get out of jail free card that's going to cost you thousands of dollars. We just put it out for free. There's no charge to become a part of the Free Church Report study group. But if you're not giving regularly out of whatever God has allowed you to obtain, you don't know Christ. You're not going to know Him. You're not going to draw near the Holy Spirit, nor, nor will the Holy Spirit draw near you. It's not enough not to bite one another. You have to start giving life. You have to start serving others. This is what you do to reverse the process that has brought you into bondage. You have to change the way you think, the way you act, if you want a different result. You cannot keep doing the same thing and expect this, a different result. It's not enough to be out of the system. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at my letter here. I've seen all my typos in it because I was putting the letter together, but I never did send it. I might eventually, if I get time, as soon as I'm done with this program, I have to rush out and work and labor. In order to make ends meet. Because you people are not really seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We could do so much. If you would repent. And actually seek the kingdom. But uh laborers are few. Givers are fewer. Gather together in real congregations. Form those congregations. Don't say, oh, I can't be with him because he does this or he does that. You're not in the uh, corporation here. If you, if the Holy Spirit is in you and in two or three of you and you gather together, those who the Holy Spirit is not in, they will leave. The Holy Spirit is your comforter. It will cast them out. If wicked people are gathering with you and you can't figure out why they're not leaving, it's because you don't have enough of the Holy Spirit in you. Because I can tell you that they will want to leave if you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Not self-righteousness, but real righteousness that only comes by the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. We are so proud. We are so arrogant. That we think we know already. No, we don't know already. And what we need to know will be moment by moment. Because like I said, we're all in different parts of the wilderness. And now God may lead you to the river and show you where to cross the river. And he may lead you to the mountains and show you the path through the mountains. And he may lead you across the desert and show you where the water holes are in the desert. That's an individual thing. But what does it look like in general? It looks like people who come together to serve. Come together to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not our self-righteousness. There is no righteousness in the form, but there is a righteous form. Righteousness is in the Spirit. You must be creating the alternative to the kingdoms of the world, or you will not be saved. You must be edifying the alternatives to the kingdom of the world, which we is what we talk about in the Free Church Report. In great detail, Moses and Christ were doing the same thing in different times. They were teaching the people how to be a free government under God. Whether the people wanted to learn that or not, that's up to them. It's up to you as well. So anyway, I really tell everybody, join the network. Uh, And when you join the network, which is just email groups, then start gathering together. In congregations. And if you're too far away. To actually meet. That's fine. You don't have to go and meet every week. But you have to give every week. You have to sacrifice every week. Time, energy, whatever. I don't care what. You have to lay down your life. If you want life more abundant. You have to figure out how to do that. That is a process you can do no matter where you are. And it changes what's going to come. There's the, you know, the mammon in a system of entrusted wealth. That's what mammon means. It's a, that the actual word means entrusted wealth. It doesn't mean money. Although in many cases it actually is money because you've entrusted all your wealth to the Federal Reserve. And so now Federal Reserve notes is a representation of mammon the representation of that trust. That's what was it Charles A. Lindbergh said, you know, with the passage of this bill which was the Federal Reserve Act, you will be creating the largest trust in the history of the world. And he warns you about the money powers will take over, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. That's mammon. That trust, entrusted wealth. It's an unrighteous system. But there is a righteous system of entrusted wealth. And you trust God with your wealth. And now comes the decision. How do you do that? You can't just throw it up in the air and God will grab it. You have to give it away. And you have to give it away in a righteous way. So you have to seek ministers that understand giving and forgiving. Ministers who understand this kingdom of God at hand. Most of our ministers don't really understand it all that well, but they're working on that. They're struggling with it. You don't understand it all that well either, but you will only understand it by doing. So go ahead and be friends with the unrighteous mammon now and begin to seek to create that network of righteousness, that FEMA, that faith, emergency ministry, auxiliary, that, that, uh, health share system of caring for one another all these things you know we we don't have a formula that you will put through that if you give this much you will be guaranteed these benefits we don't have that we're not allowed to have that we have cast your bread upon the waters and you have to figure out how to do that but the holy spirit will guide you in how to do that if you will listen to the holy spirit And if you can't hear the Holy Spirit, in order to draw near the Holy Spirit, you must begin to sacrifice and lay down your life, lay down your pride, and realize you're in bondage because of your own failing. And now seek that liberty under God by loving one another. And faith, hope, and charity. Everybody in the world, the Lutherans, the Methodists, the Baptists, they're all a part of the Roman imperial cult. Yeah, they're in a cult. And they have to pay in to that cult. They have to share their wealth with that cult. Because they've joined that cult and their parents joined it before them. That is what the imperial cult of Rome was. was a system of social welfare. And you can't get out of that cult. But you will be kicked out of that cult if you begin to create the alternative. To taxation, which is a system of free will offerings that provide the same benefits as government, but to faith, hope and charity and the perfect law of liberty. And they provide it in a way that strengthens the poor, as opposed to what we see now as weakening the poor. Instead of public religion, we have pure religion. But the people today are cursed and their children are cursed because of the covetous practices of their parents and their parents before them. And even if you do not fulfill all three steps uh, that are mentioned in Call No Man Father, you're still born in bondage. Yet you can still be free. But again, what we're looking for is those ministers of the church who will lay down their life, even to the point of crucifixion. Even to the point where you, there's no guarantee that if you do this, this, and this, this, they'll leave you alone and you'll be free. As a matter of fact, there's almost a guarantee that they will not leave you alone. But I can guarantee that if you are truly seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness, if they come against you, it will be to God's will. And it will be God's mercy that saves you or not saves you. It won't be me. I am not your salvation. It will be Christ in you. You just have to make room for Christ in you by stopping the selfish person that you are and repenting of that selfishness and start becoming like Christ who came to serve and sacrifice. And though he was rich, he made himself poor. I mean, all the problems of the world could be solved if people would actually believe in the real Jesus Christ, not all the fake ones that we have all these churches producing that look a lot like Christ but leave out some of the absolutely critical directives of Christ. How in the world can you call yourself a Christian church and send 70 to 90% of your parishioners to men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority? whenever they need help. How can you even imagine that you're a Christian church when the early Christian church was put to death because they would not do that and you don't do that, you you do do that uh, because it's convenient, it's comfortable because everybody else does it. You need to repent. All these churches need to repent. All these churches need to turn around. And it will take a miracle. Because most of them do not want to turn around. Most of the modern churches today are the Pharisees. Now, they may, there may be all kinds of people out there who, like he was saying at the beginning of his letter, that there are many people out there who talk about the problem. And uh, with great detail. Substantial detail explain the nature and cause of the problem. Substantial is not enough. The devil tells you substantial truths every day. He just doesn't tell you the whole truth. And the whole truth is, this is an inner journey within us. That we have to begin to see the fact that we've turned our back on the light. In order to decide what is good and evil. And that is what has brought us into bondage. Now we have to face the light. We have to see the truth about ourselves. And that we're not righteous because we do righteous things. We are unrighteous. And we must let God into our hearts and into our minds. And until then, may peace be upon your house and may God be with you. God bless.